This is FM 100.5, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. If it's passed, bounced, or hit, we're talking about it. All Sports Talk is on News Radio WGNS. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS is sponsored by Good Neighbor State Farm agents Andy Womack, Bud Morris, and Deb Ensel. Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home, helping families since 1880. First Bank, serving Murfreesboro and Rutherford County. Parks Auction Company, committed to auction excellence. Creekside at Three Rivers Assisted Living. Greg Hall with Hall's Auto Care. And the Blue Raider Insider Report is sponsored by Mike Kanzel and My Team Insurance. Steve Ruckert with RAI Advisors. And Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance. Let's get it started in here. We've got your local sports fix. It's all sports talk on News Radio WGNS. Welcome into All Sports Talk. Tim Tackett with you today. Monty Hale out for the week. He is at the beach enjoying a vacation week, and we appreciate the work he does all season long. But uh, he gets a little bit of a break, so you get me again today. Uh, my guest in just a few moments will be Matthew Gillespie from the TSSAA office. Uh, Matthew, of course, a native of Rutherford County and uh, lives here currently. Uh, so we'll talk not only TSSAA, but we'll talk some MTSU sports and some Rutherford County sports as well. I think he has a son that is now participating in, in the, the new Rockvale system uh, as Rutherford County continues to grow. The Olympics are coming up this week, and I want to ask him and other guests this week as well about the thoughts of the Olympics and how much it has changed over the years and how, how much uh, we will be able to – watch and participate in that uh, I, I really feel bad for the folks of uh, japan tokyo in particular the investments that they've made in facilities that will really not be able to be used in the, the appropriate way because uh, fans are not going to be allowed to attend and it's going to change things we the covid thing appeared maybe two or three months ago to be uh headed in the the not only the right direction but a direction that would bring us to a uh, ending point uh, by now, I would have thought. I think many people thought the same way. But uh, as we pay attention to the the news now, that we recognize that uh, COVID is not dead, and and it presents that challenge not only to the Olympics, the, the fans not able to attend. We now have Olympic athletes that uh, are uh, apparently not going to be able to participate because of testing positive. We saw Yankees uh, Red Sox game last week postponed because of COVID, and. Uh, so it's it's there again in TSSAA and Rutherford County Schools and the state of Tennessee and across the country. We're going to have to face that same question again. What do we do as far as uh, participation of sports and uh, because of COVID? So we'll discuss all that kind of thing and much much more. Uh, you're listening to All Sports Talk. Matthew Gillespie will be my guest right after this break on All Sports Talk. south we've perfected the art of connection in fact we can make an instant connection with simple things a guitar and microphone a great meal a friday night football game so when first bank enhanced our digital banking connection we created it from our banking model to be accessible direct and personal silicon valley knows apps but we've learned a thing or two about connection get a great mobile banking app with the real connection of community banking first bank member fdic McCabe Vision Center. Just received one of the high-tech lenses for cataract problems. Here's Dr. Craig McCabe at McCabe Vision Center. 
Tell us what your vision was like before the surgery. My vision at night was really terrible. It's when a car came from the opposite direction. I was pretty much blinded, me, and how happy I am with the lenses. McCabe Vision Center on Heritage Park Drive. Whether you need general vehicle upkeep and maintenance or a complete vehicle overhaul, Hall's Auto Care is here for you. We're locally owned and operated by Greg Hall and have been in business since 2014. You'll get excellent service and trustworthy advice with Hall's Auto Care. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. We're ready to help get you safely on the road. Hall's Auto Care, 907 Ridgely Road, just off Broad Street behind Chili's. Online at hallsautocare.net. Hall's Auto Care. With the service you get from State Farm, you might think our car insurance costs more. I'm State Farm Agent Bud Morris. Give me a call at 615-893-1417 and let me show you with discounts up to 40%. You may find it even costless. At State Farm, when home and auto works as a team, you score and save money. I'm State Farm Agent Bud Morris. Give me a call at 615-893-1417 and let's work together to win big by saving money on home and auto. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back into All Sports Talk. Matthew Gillespie from the TWSWA office joins me. Matt, a regular guest with us on All Sports Talk. Matt, uh, welcome in once again in this uh, month of July. Yeah, it's crazy how it's uh, flown by. Summer's almost done. We'll be ready for school to get going here soon. Uh, appreciate you having me, Tim. Yeah, you mentioned school getting ready soon. Uh, TWSAA has, as across the country, NFHS does, a dead period for two weeks, and we're out of that now. So it's really kind of full steam ahead for you guys uh, as we move into the fall sports season and, and then winter and right on through the season. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think dead period something uh, – for the most part, I think every coach and athlete and mom and dad of athletes and whatever welcome uh, during the school year. Some some may uh, wish it was a little longer as well, but uh, but it's a good break for everybody. To just step back, and a lot of people plan their vacations around it and things like that. But uh, you know, leading up to the dead period and after the dead period, everybody's usually got something going on, uh, whether it's conditioning or practicing or, or whatnot, and. Now we're through it and uh, getting ready for the fall season to get going. You've kind of defined a little bit about what dead period is, but Matt, how, how long ago did the dead period come into being? And and uh, explain to folks that don't understand it for sure just exactly what that is. Well, it's uh, I've been at the office over 20 years. It's been in place since I've been there. I don't remember exactly when it came into place, but it's basically a two-week period where coaches can have no contact, no communication, Nothing can't can't do anything with student athletes within their building that are on on their school teams. Uh, can't go watch them play summer ball. Not, you know they bump into them at the grocery store. It's one thing, but you know run into them somewhere else. That's another. But but can't go watch them participate in athletics. Can't transport them anywhere. No, it's basically just hands off for two weeks to where these kids get a break, the coaches get a break. Uh, and and that's what it is. Uh, it's literally a break, and uh, I think it's it's pretty easy for us. I mean, it's always the week of and the week prior to July fourth. Uh, it always falls on that, those two weeks, and people always ask. I mean, we get people that ask now, when is next year's dead period? Yeah, uh, because they're trying to plan their sure. you know, stuff for the summer next year. So it's always the week uh, week of and the week prior to July fourth. Athletics is built around competitiveness, Matthew, and, and everybody wants to make sure that they don't that they can find an edge if they can find one, and certainly don't want to fall behind. And so that dead period allows me as a coach or me as a player to take those two weeks away and and feel like no one's going to be able to go beyond what I'm able to do because they also are required to to have those two weeks off. Yeah, everybody's on the same page. You're you're absolutely right. Um, and you know there used to be a time where it was. Uh, you know, years and years ago where it was, you know, it could be a different set of weeks and things like that. But to, to have everybody on the same same two weeks, the same time of year, all year, and, you know, I mean, it's just it makes sense. Uh, I think most states do something very similar, if not exactly like what we do, maybe a different, you know, set of two weeks or something. Some of them may do three weeks. Some may do one week. I don't know. But I think the two weeks works. It's been in place for a while. 
uh, and something that uh, you know I don't see changing for quite a while. Before we go forward, Matt, let's let's look backwards. It's safe to say that uh, this past year was the most challenging that uh, TWSAA and, and our high school athletes have faced in in a, in a long, long time. Yeah, it'd be hard to hard to find one that that was more challenging. I can't think of one. I mean, for uh, you know, we we certainly deal with challenges every year, but a lot of times it's limited to one sport or another, or you know, one championship event or a couple here and there, but. That affected uh, the whole season, every single aspect you can think of, practice, competition, attendance, spectators, administrators, coaches, athletes. I mean, it was everything. Uh, and it's nothing we've ever gone through before. Certainly with a, had a learning curve to it for sure. Uh, but we've hopefully, you know, gotten better from it, learned a lot from it, and, and, and know – you know, obviously, you know, we'll still be dealing with it to some aspect this upcoming year. Not certainly not like we did last year, but I don't think we'll be completely back to normal. But we're going to be a lot closer back to it than we were last year. But it, it, you know, it's something you can't ever plan or have a blueprint for something like that. And now that we've gone through it, we kind of do have one, unfortunately. But uh, but that's good if something like that happens again in the future. But it was definitely a challenge. That's for sure. TWSAA is in a unique position of, of overseeing over 400 schools and, and of all shapes, sizes, forms, and, and whatever, and, and philosophies, I guess, Matt. And, and so when you're in that position, there's just no way to get it right when you're making those tough decisions, dealing with things like code, for example, that, that, that meets everybody's expectations. Uh, but overall, I feel like, and, and I hope you and the TWSAA leadership feels like, all things considered, most decisions that were made were the right ones. Well, you know, I, I hope so. I uh, appreciate you saying that. I, I think the, the decisions that were made, first and foremost, were in regards to the health and safety of the student-athlete. Uh, that, that was our number one priority. Uh, and then um, having protocols in place that would allow competition to continue in as much of a health uh, healthy manner as possible in going forward, whether that meant at certain events, you couldn't have any spectators. We had to go that route with the state bowling tournament, um, reduce spectators at certain events, uh, or at all events, although I can't think of one event we didn't have uh, reduced spectators. Um, so, you know, and obviously keeping coaches and spectators in mind as well, but we relied a lot on um, a lot of experts that knew a heck of a lot more than any of us did. We, we worked with uh, the CDC, the State Department of Health, uh, the governor's office and their team in coming up with a lot of the protocols. And, of course, we looked at what other states were doing as well. And I don't think anybody can say, oh, we've got the perfect answer. We've got the perfect way to do it. But you kind of see what works in some areas that, hey, I think this would work here and and what the health experts are recommending. And you come together and put that in place, and, you know, that's what you go with. And, and that's what we did. And, and some people may say, well, is it, you know, there's no sense. You shouldn't have done this or you shouldn't have done that or sure. – Whatever, but again, the, the top priority was the health and safety of the student athletes and finding a way for them to still be able to participate in high school athletics. And I think we got that done. Well, clearly, lots of positions. People were in positions to make decisions that uh, they they just really didn't have the full answer to. No way to do that. And looking back, you you try to second guess maybe sometimes. But looking forward, Matt, let let let's, let me say it this way. In May, when spring fling was was wide open and things were moving in the right direction, it appeared we were headed maybe toward a checkered flag flag for COVID. But in the last uh, what three four weeks, I guess it is, we've seen COVID begin to rear its ugly head once again. And so, I don't see a checkered flag for sure coming up. As a matter of fact, there's a, I guess a yellow flag that's out there now. And and uh, those decisions that I thought were going to be pretty simple, what's going to happen in August, uh, suddenly have gotten a little bit more uh, muddy. Yeah, it's, you know, of course we wish, you know, it would be, we could just completely say, all right, we're scrapping all the COVID protocols, everything's back to normal, go forward. Uh, I don't think we're there yet. Uh, I think we're, um, you know, we still got to consider what is out there. Numbers are starting to rise, unfortunately. Um, it's, you know, and and that's something we've got to be aware of and, and be considerate of. Uh, and, and so we are working, continuing to, like we did last year. Of course, we can be a little ahead of the game and not have to make, you know, boom, all of a sudden COVID hit last, you know, two marches ago, and we had to put all this scramble and put all this stuff in place, and, you know, everything happened so quick. 
but but now it's kind of like all right, we we see where we're at, we see uh, going forward, um, and and we are working on on things, and and you know the student athletes will be able to compete this year. They'll they'll be able to do it again. Whether it looks exactly like it was last year, whether we're more back to normal, I would like to think and hope that's going to be the case as we are closer to back to normal. May not be quite a hundred percent there yet, but uh, we we certainly do have to consider that this thing is still out there it's still serious uh and we've got to take it seriously and and move forward with there because again top priority is health and safety of the student athlete you look at the olympics uh i mean it's not you know it's apples and oranges compared sure, to high school sure. athletics but but they've got athletes that, that are continually testing positive for it and you know when you test positive it's you know going to spread and you, you got to be um you know got to be cautious about that stuff so um, so yeah, we're we're there. We're we're not exactly where we wish we would be right now, uh, but but I think it's better than where we were last year. This sure. time last year, Matt, the uh, summer uh, seven on seven football, for example, uh, scrimmages and so forth were off the table uh, for sure. Uh, where's that stand now? Is are, are we going to be back in that normal? Is it is the right word for that uh, with those yep. kinds of things this year? Yeah, they're, they're they're able to do that currently right now. I mean, we've already had a lot of schools do those, so that's that's a, a step in the right direction of, of back to normalcy for sure. Uh, so, so that's something they did lose out last year's scrimmages, sevens on sevens and things like that for football. So, so got that back in place. And I think that's certainly, you know, a, a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, at least for the football coaches. So uh, I think it's one, one aspect where you can say, all right, good. We got this back. We didn't have it last year and we got it back this year. So a little bit more each year. Uh, or I mean, not each year, uh, with each sport uh, into to some normalcy and, and what they lost last year, and maybe what they'll be able to get back. Whether it's you know talking about spectators and crowds, or how we deal with masks and temperature checks and things like that, that changed throughout the year last year. So, uh, so yeah, I think I think we're moving in the right direction for sure. One thing that was of great concern and just kind of give us a barometer of where this is at, it was finances for not only for schools but for TWSWA. Uh, it's it's kind of ugly to talk about money because that uh, gets a little grimy to some folks. But the fact of the matter is, you got to have that to be able to operate your uh, operation. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's um, it's it's something that was a huge challenge for us. Um, uh, I don't know specific numbers, but I can easily tell you this: we took a huge loss, uh, and, and that's you know fine. We're still operating. We're still alive and kicking uh, and. And we'll recover from it uh, eventually, and it, it, it might be a slow process. But, you know, when when you have events where you normally rely on so many people to come attend the event, to, to watch the event, and that's part of the income you figure in your budget for the year, uh, and it's not there, that certainly hurts. Uh, but I, I think that's, you know, we're one, one piece of the pie that, uh, like you said, I mean, schools went through it. I mean, everybody across the board, whether you're talking about athletics or just business in general, I mean, so many things took financial hits. So many businesses closed. Uh, and sure. That was certainly sad. Uh, so at least we're still going and, and athletics are still being played. Uh, we, we kept our head above water and, and we're still still kicking and, and we'll, we'll go forward and, and, and slowly recover over the years. But, yeah, it certainly was certainly was a negative, that's for sure. Matt, we're going to stop our conversation for just a minute and let Chip Walters come in after this break and give us a Blue Raider Insider Report, and then we'll come right back to you and talk about the future of TWSWA and Rutherford County Sports on All Sports Talk. In retirement, it's all about income. Your money, making money. Learn how it's done with Retirement Income Solutions Radio with Nathan Cox and Lindsay Cotter. Saturdays at noon and Sunday afternoons at 1. 
Good afternoon. It's heavy, but it's moving here on 24. Coming in from Davidson County through Rutherford County. Watch your speed. I'm telling you, lots of radar out here up and down certain sections of 24 and over on 840 as well. Ripley's Aquarium, PJ Party with the Penguins, coming up July 30th. Check it out at Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. If you're not waking up to the Wake Up Crew, here's what you've been missing. You think we're way out there? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't miss the Wake Up Crew with John, Brian, and Dalton. Weekday mornings from 6 until Swap and Shop. You've seen the ads out there, companies wanting to buy your home. But why sell yourself short when you can get fair market value? I'm Lisa Patton. If you have an estate to settle or a home to sell, call Parks Auction. We'll work with you to sell your home or property in any condition with no costly repairs on your timeline. Why accept one offer when you can have multiple? You need Parks Auction. We look out for your best interest. Call Parks Auction today. We handle everything. At State Farm, when home and auto work as a team, you score and save money. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Wama. Give me a call at 615-890-0850 and let's work together to win big by saving money on home and auto. With the service you get from State Farm, you might think our car insurance costs more. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Wama. Give me a call at 615-890-0850 and let me show you with discounts up to 40%. You may find it even costs less. It's time. Show your true blue. Blue Raiders. It's time for the Blue Raider Insider Report with Chip Walters. Sponsored by Mike Tanzel with My Team Insurance, Steve Rucker and RAI Advisors, and Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance. Go Blue Raiders. You're listening to the flagship station for Blue Raiders sports. On 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Middle Tennessee. Layup and score. Middle Tennessee football, basketball, and baseball. Yeah, we got them. You're listening to the flagship station for Blue Raider Athletics. I'm Chip Walters. Hear the games here on News Radio WGNS. Middle Tennessee wins. Raiders win the championship. Your source for the Big Blue and the Borough. News Radio WGNS. All sports talk on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and today was the reveal day for the class of 21 for the Blue Raider Hall of Fame. Let's go through the list. Nathaniel Claybrooks, a first-team All-American for Coach Boots Donnelly in 1995 and was a two-time All-Ohio Valley Conference selection. A hard-hitting linebacker led the Blue Raiders in tackles both years. Claybrooks Claybrooks ranks eighth all-time in total tackles at Middle Tennessee with 270. He's tied for fourth all-time with six fumble recoveries. Golfer Jason Millard was a four-time All-American for the Blue Raider golf team during his heralded career. Career. He became the first Blue Raider golfer to be named All-American since 1968 when he was so honored by the Golf Coaches Association of America in 2008. Millard played in four consecutive NCAA regionals, reaching the championship round twice in 08 and in 2011. Patrick Simpson, a four-year starter for the Middle Tennessee Wrestling Squad from 1975 to 79. Simpson was the first Blue Raider wrestler to qualify for the NCAA tournament tournament, which he reached in 1979. In qualifying for the tournament at the Midwest region held at Notre Dame, Simpson defeated three wrestlers seated ahead of him, one of whom was an eventual two-time NCAA champion. He is currently head wrestling coach at Father Ryan, where he has led his team to more than 20 state titles. Jamie Thomas, Middle Tennessee's first women's basketball player to be named first team all-conference in two different leagues, the Sun Belt and the Ohio Valley. Thomas was a dominant force in captor career with 1,971 points, which is still fourth on the all-time list 19 years later following the completion of her career. She also ranks number one all-time for field goal and free throw percentage. And then there's Boogie Yates. Boogie left his mark on Middle Tennessee men's basketball as 
he became the Blue Raiders' all-time leading scorer with 1,775 points during his four-year career. Yates is also a first time for uh, is also first all-time for field goals made with 714. The consistent post player averaged double figures scoring each year. He played in 122 career games, starting 107. Yates is the only Blue Raider to be named all Sunbelt Conference three times. So again, there's your class for 2021 for the Blue Raider Hall of Fame. Jason Millard, Boogie Yates, Raleigh Bishop, Patrick Simpson, Jamie Thomas, and Nathaniel Claybrooks. All right, the Blue Raider Blitz uh, begins tomorrow. Stop number one will be at noon at the Goat of Mount Juliet, and that will be from 12 until 1.30. It is the first Blue Raider caravan featuring lunch and drinks provided by the Goat. You'll be able to mix and mingle with the Middle Tennessee coaching staff. There will be giveaways, photo opportunities with the Spirit Squad, and ticket office representatives will be present as now there are season and single game tickets available. Coach Rick Stockstall will be on the on the uh, Conference USA Football Media Day tomorrow at 11 a.m. and will be leaving uh, Murfreesboro about 11:30 to be part of that uh, to be part of the Blitz Stop in Mount Juliet at 12 p.m. And uh, also tomorrow night, uh, we will be in Shelbyville from 6 until 8 p.m. on the town square. So be sure and join us there. Also, uh, we'll have stops in Franklin on Thursday for lunch and for dinner in Nashville on Thursday at 3rd and home. All right, that's it for today. And congratulations to the nominees for the upcoming Blue Raider Hall of Fame class. We'll have another update for you coming tomorrow after our first blitz stop up in Mount Juliet. I'm Chip Walters with Exit Realty Bob Lamb and Associates. You might know me as the voice of the Blue Raiders, but I want you to know me as your realtor. Whether you're buying or selling, it's time to choose Chip. Do you have a growing family? Are you thinking about downsizing? Are you relocating to Middle Tennessee? Well, it's time to choose Chip. Go to my website, choosechip.net. There you'll find a dynamic home search engine plus a ton of other features that'll help you during your search. If you're looking for a realtor that's professional and has your best interest at heart, it's time to choose Chip. Did you realize that over 85% of Americans own a cell phone, but only 40% own an individual life insurance policy? That leaves way too many families who'll be unprotected if they suddenly lose a parent. That's why we'd also like to point out that 100% of State Farm agents offer life insurance. So if you're at the place where procrastination just meant motivation, use that cell phone of yours and call me, State Farm Agent Deb Insel at 931-684-5274. All sports talk on News Radio WGNS FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back into All Sports Talk. Joined again by Matt Gillespie, TWSWA Office. Uh, Matt, it is football season, and nothing's much bigger than uh, in Tennessee. It's throughout the South than football. Of course, baseball, excuse me, uh, volleyball will be played. Golf is the first one that gets off the track, and it'll, I guess, start playing competitive matches here within a week or two, right? Yeah, uh, golf starts at the end of July, so it'll be the first one that it, it's a little odd, but, but with the way the calendar is and how much time they have involved, golf for years has started towards the end of July. And for most people, it's about a week before school gets going. So it's a little different in that aspect, but 
Uh, we'll see some changes in golf. We're moving our state tournament. It's been at uh, Willowbrook in Manchester for the past 11 years, I believe. Now we'll be at uh, a course in Sevierville, Sevierville Golf Club. Uh, it's a 36-hole course, so we're able to do a couple of different things with it. We've got, uh, we're combining all the tournaments and able to basically run the entire state tournament in a one-week period, whereas previously we'd been over three weeks spread out. So we're kind of excited about that, and it's a, it's a very uh, beautiful course, challenging course that'll be be something new uh, for for the golfers across the state. And then, yeah, and then w- once we get golf going, then school opens up, and then boom, here we are with all our fall sports with volleyball and girls soccer and football and uh cross country so yeah we're we're about to hit the ground running pretty hard the profile of schools that are members in the TWSAA continues to change more and more and more and virtual schools are i guess the newest uh entry into that uh deal magnet schools are, have been there for quite a while and so forth uh kind of discuss how that has changed over the last 15 20 years homeschools uh participation as well uh, as opposed to just the regular public-private schools that were just the, the, the uh, red, white, and blue back in the day? Yeah, the, the, the landscape of school membership has definitely changed. Uh, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there when you, some of the ones you mentioned. I mean, you look back 10 years ago, we had no virtual schools that were members. Uh, homeschool kids could not participate. Uh, so it was, you know, it was, again, the landscape's changed where you do see people like that in place. Uh, virtual schools now are members. For the most part, and I, if not 100%, uh, they join for the purposes of co-oping. Yes. Uh, so, so what they'll do is that they'll, have, they'll, they'll join as a member, and then whatever kids they have that are part of their virtual school, they will form a co-op with another member school who does have that sport because most of the virtual schools either don't have facilities, don't have coaches, or both. Uh, but they've got kids who want to play athletics. Um, now, uh, some of them do uh, form their own teams. We've seen an uptick on that uh, with with what we dealt with with COVID the past year or two. A lot of these um, county school systems are creating their own virtual schools that they didn't have them in place already. So we're, we're certainly seeing a rise in those numbers. Uh, homeschool kids, uh, that, that's kind of – uh, we, it's been a few. It's always been changing over the years, but I think that's been in place for six or seven years. Mm-hmm. We've had some tweaks to the rule as we've gone forward, but uh, but the, but the homeschool students certainly can participate. Uh, they've got some eligibility requirements they've got to meet. They're a little bit different than the the standard student who's walking the halls uh, in the brick and mortar uh, building that's a member, but uh, but they do have the opportunity to participate. So it's. Uh, Try to. It's uh, the rules have gotten to where we're as, as inclusive as I think you possibly can be, uh, with still having some requirements in place. All these schools are looking for an even level playing field. Right? We hear that all the time. That's it's impossible to do. We we struggle in Rutherford County with the eight or nine high schools we have in our system, having a level playing field for those. But uh, the magnet school, or charter school, uh, virtual school. Uh, situation is, is probably been a challenge to make sure that the playing field stays level while allowing those kids to participate. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think that's probably one of the goals of, of uh, patient classification when you look at it as a whole is, uh, you know, having, there's so many terms out there, level playing field or competitive balance or, you know, whatever it may be. It's hard to find that because it's, it's a different um you know, everybody views that a little differently. What's a level playing field? Do I have a chance to win a state championship? Is that a level playing field for me? Can I just get on the field and compete night in, night out? Is that a level playing field? Um, can we get up there and not get blown out tonight? I mean, it's so it's 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 different perspective depending on what sport, what school, what area you're in. But I think you know, and and the the board who represents the member schools, they're the ones who choose what type of classification plan we go forward with. They get that feedback from their from the member schools that they represent, and that's kind of how it's put in place. So you've seen classification change over the years. We just recently went to four classes in um, baseball, basketball, softball for the first time ever. Um, I think you'd see some that wanted more classes because they wanted more opportunities. You also see on the flip side – uh, there's a little more travel involved now. You've got smaller districts in, um, in place, whereas you take Rutherford County, for example. Last year, that, that district it was an 18 district. Now it's five. 
because you, you spread it thin a little bit by adding another class and it, you know, the dominoes fall and it, uh, you know, just balances out that way. So you're going to have fewer district games or matches in those sports where you'll be able to have the opportunity to schedule more outside. What's, what's more important. So there's so many different aspects to all of it. I've been rambling for a second there about it all, but, uh, but yeah, classification, I think is one, probably the biggest thing when you address competitive balance. Um, and, and it's certainly changed over the years. Let me give you a chance to change your perspective just a little bit. You get to take your TWSWA hat off and put your parent hat on because I know you have a participant now in, in uh, athletics within this structure. Uh, so kind of view it from that uh, perspective a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, it is different now having uh, – um, well, I've got, I'll have two kids actually playing athletics this year uh, in high school. Want to be a freshman, want to be a junior, my junior – He's a three-sport athlete, and uh, my daughter is just a one-sport athlete. But uh, it, it is—it's interesting uh, to see how it's changed. Uh, and trying to explain to to my son, you know, he's like, "Well, hold on, I thought we had this school, this school, this school in sure. our district." And well, here's why it changed. Well, I don't get it. Well, here's why <laughs> they did it. Well, I still don't get it. You know, what I mean, it's, uh, so it's 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 different and interesting all in one. But. Um, I see, you know, of course, it's hard to look at it from both, um, you know, both aspects and both viewpoints. But, uh, you know, I see the reasoning behind it for, for some people why they want more classes. Um, on the flip side, I also see some of the issues and challenges it creates. Uh, I think, you know, having more schools in your district is probably a better thing. Well, that happens more with with fewer classes. Um, I don't know uh, how much of a chance you actually create to winning another state title by creating a fourth class. I mean, you're adding one more state champion. It's not like you added three or four or whatever it may be. Maybe your path to the state title game is easier in those sports. Um, but, you know, the, the, the thing about this is because of COVID, the board voted to put these classification plans in place for a two-year period where um, okay. typically we're always a four-year cycle so but with COVID in place the board voted this would be only for two years because enrollments were affected so much because of COVID things like that so so this classification stuff that you see in place with four four classes in baseball basketball and softball and some other things that are in there only going to be for two years so we will reclassify again in two years, and that will be for a four-year cycle. So you could see things stay exactly as they are. You could see them revert back to how they were. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting. It'll be different. You know, another effect it has is the setup at Spring Fling and at State Basketball Tournament is going to have a drastic effect on that, and we're going to have to make some major adjustments there as well. Matt, we're going to stop our conversation for just a minute on All Sports Talk. Folks, I hope you listen in every Sunday night at 8 o'clock to the Edwin Lee Raymer Show. We'll talk about some local politics, national politics, all types of topics, all types of guests. That's 8 o'clock Sunday night, Edwin Lee Raymer Show. Talk to you then. Good afternoon. It's Abby, but it's moving here on 24, coming in from Davidson County through Rutherford County. Watch your speed. I'm telling you, lots of radar out here up and down certain sections of 24 and over on 840 as well. Ripley's Aquarium, PJ Party with the Penguins, coming up July 30th. Check it out at Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. We do it your way at Pizza Pizza. Murphy Spurl's favorite pizza is now hiring at all three locations. That's right. Join the Surf Pizza team. Just stop on in and ask for a manager. 
Hello, friends. Thanks for listening in. This is Lenny Farmer here for Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home. Wow, cremation seems to be the talk of the day, and you probably have a question or two about whether that should be your final choice, because so many questions surround this method of finality to life. Let me set your mind at ease by answering your plaguing questions. You can reach me at 615-893-2422 to set up a time for a no-pressure question and answer period to help determine what is best for you. Jennings and Ayers. At Creekside Assisted Living of Murfreesboro, we provide excellence in service while maintaining the dignity of our residents in a home-like atmosphere. Come see our new community, which includes bistros, salons, a library, and spacious activity areas. A kind, friendly, and well-trained staff can help residents with the daily activities of life. Locally owned by Blue Raider alumni Tim Keach and Kent Ayer. Find out more about Creekside Assisted Living, 895-3002, or online at www.creeksideassisted.com. All sports talk on News Radio WGNS FM 100.5, FM 101.9, AM 1450, online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back into All Sports Talk. Matthew Gillespie from the TWSWA office joins me. Matt, a regular guest with us on All Sports Talk. Matt, my wife, uh, three or four weeks ago, we, I was talking about the uh, NCAA portal issue with a friend of mine, and she said, what are you talking about? Can you explain that to me. And I did the best I could to explain it, and, and I don't think I did a very good job of, of, of getting that across to her. I'm thinking that uh, eligibility of, of student-athletes in TWSWA may be as, as sticky a wicket as you got, and, and I'm sure you have the same kind of reaction from some folks. They don't understand why the eligibility rules are su- such as they are. Is it fair to say that that is maybe the, the toughest thing you guys have to deal with? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the toughest thing, but I think it's the most common thing for sure, uh, especially when you get turnover uh, at schools with new administrators, new coaches. Uh, you kind of got to um, – you know, there, there's a learning curve there. You get people who are veteran administrators or coaches and, and know the rules as well as we do. But sometimes you've been there 20, 30 years, and you still have questions about stuff, which, I mean, there's still stuff that we even internally sure. will will discuss and uh, say, all right, what about this scenario? What about if this kid does that or moves? There, there's still certain things that you want to be 100% when you're uh, talking with a school, and, and we'll sometimes sit back and, and make sure we've got it right like that. So, um, so yeah, eligibility is the most common thing we certainly deal with uh, this time of year, especially. I mean, it's uh, yeah, I guarantee a nine out of ten phone calls is about eligibility, and it's because the the kids are starting to get into school. They're you know the everybody's starting to add them to the eligibility in the portal. We did have the portal before the NCAA did. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's, and all joking aside, I thought, that's something we had. Uh, I mean, we've all had eligibility forever. Our portal's a little different than the NCAA's. Ours is basically our online hosting of where we hold the eligibility. It may be something similar with the NCAA, but uh, I think we did have the terminology out there. I'm not saying they stole it from us, and I guarantee you they didn't. But, uh, but, <laughs> but yeah. So it's uh, eligibility's the the biggest thing we deal with throughout the year. Matthew Gillespie from the TWSWA office. Matt, I'm going to give you a chance to get away from your work a little bit. Let's talk uh, Olympics, uh, something that's coming up this year. One year delayed in Tokyo. It's going to be different because there will be no fans allowed to attend, and we've already got some athletes now uh, not being able to participate because of testing positive to that. Uh, But just your your overall thoughts about the Olympics uh, now as compared to what it was maybe 15, 20, 30 years ago. I'm I'm glad they're having it. It's uh, it's going to be interesting and different watching it with nobody there cheering the athletes on. I think that's sad. Um, but I would be willing to bet if you ask all the athletes, do we have this event uh, with no spectators, or do we just not have the event? They're all going to want to have the event. Sure. Uh, I mean, I think it's some of the challenges we faced as well. Uh, like I said, bowling was the extreme. Uh, uh, example with us, the, the bowling center was not made up for spectators, and it got so crowded. Even if you allowed one parent per kid, it would have been too tight, based on the regulations we had in place. So, uh, but but going back to the Olympics, it's the one thing for me. 
I don't like it when it's all the way on the other side of the world because half the time you hear the results yes. before we actually get to watch it over here. Uh, and with technology the way it is nowadays, you know, you can, you've got the opportunity to watch it at three in the morning if you want to, or when they replay it, you already know the, know the outcome, but, but that's neither here nor there, but I'm, I'm looking forward to, I love the Olympics every year. We always make a big deal in our house about watching it as much as we can, uh, when it does come on. So it's, uh, you know, it is, uh, something we enjoy doing and, and, and I guess the one positive that comes out of this by being delayed, we'll get done with the summer Olympics and maybe not even (laughs) half a year from now, we'll turn around and do the winter Olympics. So. Uh, and I enjoy watching both of them, so it's uh, I'm looking forward to it for sure. It's one of those things with me that Matt and I suspect you may be in the same category. Most people are. Once every four years, we pay attention to gymnastics, or once every four years, we pay attention to swimming, or once every t- year, we uh, water polo of all things, whatever. Sure. Uh, watch things that uh, and don't want to miss things that uh, this time last year we had no interest in watching at all. Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's yeah, it's, it's, it's this COVID has put so many things in a different perspective, um, and 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 you, you you've learned and maybe not take so many things for granted that we used to. Sure. Uh, but 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 you're right. I mean, it's yeah, gymnastics, swimming. I mean, I don't watch competitive swimming throughout the year. It's not uh, or gymnastics. But man, when they get to the Olympics, I I really enjoy watching it. I mean, it's. Uh, because they've become household names, even though they're not the other three years uh, between the Olympics. But but during that one year, you know, there's uh, I mean, you almost remember some of the ones from the previous Olympics that come back again as well. So yeah, no, we're looking forward to it. Two to three minutes we got left, uh, Matt. Let's talk a little bit of Major League Baseball. Have you had a chance to get to a game this year, or are you interested in going, or have plans to go? Yeah, I went down. We took in a couple Braves games uh, at the end of May. For my wife's birthday, we went down there and caught uh, back-to-back games uh, right after we got done with spring fling. So uh, we, we made that work and went down there and saw them play the Pirates. And they, they won both games then, but uh, unfortunately they've been, if you're a Braves fan or keep up with the Braves at all, know it's uh, they've been struggling a little bit. And I, I blame the bullpen, but I'm not an expert. <laughs> uh, but, of course, it does not helped to lose one of the best players in the game uh, for the rest of the year when Acuna got hurt. I mean, that just kind of – I will tell you, though, they, they picked up uh, Peterson, who, of course, it's yet to be seen, but after only two or three games, he seemed to have made a pretty significant impact. Uh, but the bullpen's lost it for him, so I'm, you know, uh, excited to see what they do, but don't really have too great of uh, too great of aspirations for, for them finishing the year winning the division i'd be extremely shocked if that happened but I, I just you know just love the game i'm also a red sox fan so they're fun to watch this year and they're very good we'll aren't just, they uh, we'll just see what uh, what comes of it just kind of gauge the uh fan participation and excitement in the stadium this year compared to what it was two years ago pre-covid at all any, any big changes Is it more exciting now for folks because they've had a year off yeah i, I think it's yeah i think the itch is there i think um you know we looked at I mean, the, the, one of the games, actually both the games we went to were sellouts. Now, granted, they were weekend games, which that's not too uncommon, but they were playing Pittsburgh, who's not sure. really that good. You know, you, you'd guess if it's the Cubs or the Dodgers or, you know, somebody else that has a pretty wide nationwide fan following or good uh, fan travel base that, that you wouldn't be surprised, but the Pirates, and it was a sellout. So that was, I think people were just itching for live events for for being out and being in person being able to go do the things that they missed doing the year before and i think that's certainly one big aspect for it i know that's uh, kind of the way we were as well as i see games on television watching the reds games for example which i like to watch a lot the braves you mentioned sure. and, and watch the red Sox and yankees in yankee stadium i think it was saturday night when it was raining and the yep. Yankee Stadium is full, and we know that uh, Yankee Stadium tickets are not cheap at all. Uh, they're not cheap anywhere, but Yankee Stadium, they're going to be double whatever everybody else is. And it, it, it's just impressive to me that baseball has, in spite of many folks trying to put it in the ground and bury it, uh, seems to be thriving pretty well in m- most places. Yeah, uh, and I'm glad, too. I mean, it's, it's um, that or college football are my two favorite sports for sure. Of course, it just – you know, it comes along at the right time of the season. When when summer's over, it's time to roll into um, um, into football, and when football's over, it's time to roll into baseball. So it's kind of works out pretty good. But it, 
Yeah, it's uh, it's good to see the excitement. And of course, there are restrictions in place at a lot of the stadiums, and you don't get to see 100% packed. But but they're the ones who can be there are there. And uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I th- I, and it's interesting the way they've dealt with some of these rules with COVID in place. See how they go forward with those with seven inning double headers and yeah. the DH and you know the tiebreaker rule with the runner on base in the tenth. I'm I'm more of a traditionalist. I'm not big on that, but it'll be interesting to see what direction they go with that after this year. Very quickly, you're a buyer or a seller as far as Nashville and a Major League Baseball team here in the next few years? Oh, man. (laughs) I I think there will be. I just don't know when. Everybody has kind of that five-year window. I don't know if that's the right time frame, but gosh, if that isn't, I don't know what is. You know, it's it's kind of everything's popping – at the right time, I, but again, I'm I'm also with somebody. I'm a little hesitant, and I don't. I mean, it's one thing to to support a football team once a week for eight weeks, yes. they're at seventy thousand people, and the soccer team. You know, well, they're going to have a few more matches than football, but their stadium only holds thirty. When you've got a, and of course, you know, you're not going to fill the stadium. Nobody does every single unless you're the Cubs or the Red Sox. You're not going to fill every home. Even the Yankees are have empty spots in a lot of their games but to put you know you need at least 20 25,000 people a night for 80 nights I don't know if Nashville's there yet I hope they are because if they bring them here I'm one of the ones lining up to buy some kind of season ticket package whether it's a quarter season half season whatever um I'd love it Uh, I couldn't go to a full season I don't know how anybody would have time to do that but I hope they bring them here. I hope somebody ends up here, and uh, I know there's enough baseball people around here that would go crazy for it. So let's let's keep our fingers crossed. Minor league's not major league, but I do know that this Nashville sounds draw pretty well. That that tells you some idea, and, and the fact that Nashville's such a destination city now, uh, lots of folks will come in from out of town from for away games like it's a home game for them. So, Matt, we've got to go. Uh, my time is up. I appreciate you being with us. Uh, good luck to TWSAA throughout this season. Now, all of our teams out there, we look forward to hopefully a COVID-free year. Well, Tim, I appreciate you having me. It's uh, always a pleasure. And, uh, again, congrats on your retirement. And uh, certainly enjoyed the, the many years working with you in that role. And uh, can't thank you enough. All right, Matt, appreciate you very much. Matthew Gillespie from the TWSWA office. That's going to wrap things up on All Sports Talk today. I'll be back again tomorrow right here on WGNS Radio. All Sports Talk on News Radio. WGNS has been brought to you by State Farm agents Andy Woman, Bud Morris, and Deb Ensel. Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. First Bank, Mike Tanzel with My Team Insurance. Parks Auction Company, Greg Hall with Hall's Auto Care. Steve Ruckert with RAI Advisors. Jennings and Ears Funeral Home. Freakside at Three Rivers Assisted Living. And Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance.